Today's episode of the Body Clock Podcast is brought to you by Dermala. Dermala is a personalized acne treatment kit that fights the cause of acne, not just the symptoms. Acne happens when bad bacteria overpower your good bacteria. Dermala uses the power of your microbiome to strengthen the good bacteria to fight the acne-causing bad bacteria on and in your body. Each kit contains four products formulated to individual needs, an AMPM cleanser, AMPM treatment pads, daily pre- and probiotic mix, and targeted pimple patches for stubborn pimples. The products are made with clean, natural ingredients and a special blend of pre-, pro-, and postbiotics that fight acne from inside out and outside in. The kit is complemented by Dermala Acne Tracker. By tracking the treatment progress with the app, the product formulation is continually optimized based on the treatment results. Take the skin quiz on Dermala.com, get your personalized kit delivered to your door, and start fighting your hashtag FOBO, or your fear of breaking out. That's Dermala.com, D-E-R-M-A-L-A.com. Thanks and hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Body Clock Podcast by O-Waves. Today I'm lucky to be joined by Pierre Alexandre Fournier, who is currently based in Montreal in Canada. Um, hey Pierre, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me. No, I'm glad you could make it on. So I reached out to Pierre because um, we'd actually been on the same Harvard Business School cohort back in 2014, 2015 studying business analytics, economics, um, as well as um, management as well. So um, it was interesting to see Pierre's journey and how he's used those skills and knowledge and combined it with his existing technological prowess to really bring his company Hexoskin, which he is CEO of and founder of uh, since 2006. And there's been quite a lot of news recently with deals and partnerships that we'll go into that he signed. It's quite exciting, especially for young people and young athletes um, and some of the studies he's doing towards lifestyle medicine and measuring health metrics. So Pierre, could you tell the listeners about your journey and your background? Uh, yes, well, my background is uh, engineering and, and science in general. Um, I did my graduate studies in machine learning back in 2003, 4, 5. Uh, and, and I've worked with different companies and telecom, microelectronics uh, and, and AI companies before I decided to start uh, Hexoskin in 2006 uh, with my co-founder and CTO, Jean-François Roy. So uh, the idea behind Hexoskin is uh, to develop new tools to be able to monitor health in real-life situations. So we, we started, we worked pretty early uh, in the industry. I'd say uh, back in 2006, it was one year before Fitbit, uh, started it was two years before the app store for for the iphones so it's um so we were a bit early but we, we thought in 2006 that we were starting a machine learning for healthcare company and then it became uh the, the project became a, a remote monitoring platform because uh, basically there was no data to do the machine learning uh, we wanted to do 
for preventative health and predictive analytics for healthcare. So we've built the platform first to be able to collect data. And, and now finally we're able to develop uh, algorithms uh, for different uh, event detection related to health for wellness, but also for, also for chronic diseases and clinical trials. So that's really um, quite cool how you've been able to over time really develop this platform and the wearable. So the, the wearable, so this is obviously a, a vest that you wear which has this yeah. technology embedded in. Yeah, so the, the Exoskin Smart Shirts, uh, it's the, I would say it's the visible part of a, a deep software platform to collect data in real life context. So the, the Exoskin Smart Shirt monitors uh, heart activity, so EKG, heart rate, heart rate variability. It monitors breathing, uh, and not only breathing rate, but um, complex breathing patterns as well, uh, ventilation, tidal volume, and it monitors activity and sleep as well. Yeah, when I first came across it, I thought it was something out of the Avengers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, like an Iron Man suit. Um, you kind of brought that to life um, with all these metrics, which as I know you're into the quantified self movement, so am I. Um, and I use a lot of wearables and it really helps see where you're at in terms of recovery as well as kind of energy expenditure and you know sleep quality but now with breathing rate and ecg and apple watch um i mean you've kind of seemed to bring everything into one wearable garment um so who who are the main users of this at the moment who's using it i know i heard there's a lot of you're doing things in space as well as well as um athletes yeah so um so, so when we launched the platform in 2012, 2013, uh, well, the, the, the Exoskin was not a medical device yet. So we decided to go after non-regulated market. So we're talking about the uh, elite sports, hmm. uh, performance, uh, clinical research, defense, aerospace. Uh, so we have, um, clients in the military in, in Canada, in the US, Australia, in other countries, uh, police forces, firefighters, paramedics. And also, well, uh, we have this project with the Canadian Space Agency and NASA, uh, where we, uh, we monitor astronauts inside the International Space Station. So we've, we've actually launched uh, the, the system in space uh, last year in a SpaceX rocket from Florida. It was installed in, in January by Canadian astronaut David Saint-Jacques. It's going to be used by various astronauts, uh, Canadian, American, and European, um, for the next five years at least, to monitor health in space, to do life science experiments in space, including uh, research on circadian rhythms. Uh, that's really relevant because always we, we, we realize the importance of circadian rhythms and circadian biology. And the fact that it's being studied at such a, you know, cutting edge level with astronauts is uh, very encouraging. So the, it seems to be a very, um, obviously, cutting edge technology and a great tool for research and finding out what these different vital signs, how they correlate to human health. And you're, you seem to be focusing, which is important, in how do we, A, improve performance, optimize health, keep people well, um, which a lot of the research nowadays is not done in it's done in people who are normally quite unwell or down that paradigm of 
illness. They're already becoming ill or ill. So yeah. you're looking a bit more upstream than that. Yeah, and, and um, I would say wellness research is still in its infancy because we, we lacked the proper tools to monitor people outside clinical environment until very recently. But technology just got to that point where we can do yeah. long-term longitudinal studies about what works and what doesn't work. But what, what we see and what I think in, in general about, about that is that it's, health can be very simple. You, you need to sleep every night. You need to eat three meals a day, good food, spend time with friends, uh, stay active. It doesn't have to be super intense. You, know, you don't have to go through uh, Olympic training to be in shape. You just need to be somewhat ac active and it, it makes a whole... Uh, whole lot of differences and, and people forget about that sometimes they they do these crazy diets uh, they, they 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 overtrain themselves they forget to recover and actually the more you train the more you need to recover you don't need to have to follow a crazy diet to, to eat healthy food basically you, you need to eat normally and that's what most people don't do today they don't eat normally that's they eat a, bad yeah. food and they, they have bad uh, meal schedules. Exactly. And that's really interesting because um, there seems to be two things occurring where one is keeping someone well healthy in a well-rounded way, which I always come to this, imagine a spider diagram, um, kind of the ones we have if you've grown up playing um, you know, video games, um, soccer games you know a pro evolution a player has you know speed strength agility uh, etc about five six different domains and you want to try and be scoring a good value on each rather than being crazy for training but not on recovery because you're not going to be that effective and that's what you pointed out so i agree i think it is a lot about balance and getting that balance right and that's what we're trying to achieve with always here but um what Hexoskin allows people to do a you democratize you know these measurements more people can you know use these vests and usually monitor outside of a clinical environment but then there's people who are experimenting biohackers you know silicon valley has a big um culture of self-experimentation and tracking certain mm -hmm. values for certain perform for performance metrics um which is traditionally as you said used um top athletes because their performance is directly related to their success but for a normal person that isn't as relevant um, they may have to sacrifice maybe mental health for the extra training or whatever but um, to have a well-rounded individual health um, you're right do simple things well but I do like the concept of, of having this being able to use this vest to measure yourself in in such a way um, is it something you think will become consumer grade at any point oh. We have users who are, I would say, regular consumers uh, who buy the, the, the Hexaskin shirts and they use it for their own training or for their own self-study. Uh, I would say most of these people have, have the desire to answer questions with a scientific approach and, and they use the, the Hexaskin shirts as a, as a tool to, to get the answers to their questions and, and and i think it's pretty useful for a lot of people for these reasons so so they they learn things like how much do i sleep at night uh, how do i sleep uh, do i wake up at night uh, how much do i toss and turn during the night um, when i i train how fast do i recover uh, 
what is the effect of this training or my physical activities on, on my overall well-being and my sleep. So these are all things you can quantify when when you have the right tools and, and the Exoskin Smart Shirt can, can be one of these tools that you have to answer your questions. That's interesting because it's almost a new uh, field of scientific wellness or um, quantitative um, wellness that's developing now. And it's interesting because just in the last few weeks, there's been two big companies, um, Ubiome being one, uh, doing work on the microbiome and um, Arival being another doing personalized health tests, um, biomarkers, et cetera, who have actually both shut down. Well, one has been shut down, the other has been investigated by the FBI, but they've hit some roadblocks. Um, so do you see the market for this increasing more in the future? Are these companies a bit early right now for where we are in terms of research, but as well as people knowing that they can quantify their health and make smarter decisions? Well, I, I would say the, these companies are pretty exceptional and one of them is failing because they were, they were involved in fraud and the other one is probably mismanagement. Hmm, yeah. and, but in both cases, I think, um, you know, delivering a consumer-grade microbiome analysis tool or, or genetic testing is, we're, we're still, these fields are pretty early. And um, and I think most people don't need to go that far uh, to take care of their well-being. And like I said, this, it's it's pretty simple things in the end: uh, sleep well, train, recover, uh, eat well. Um, what, what we see in in what we see in in elite athletes is that eight hours is really a minimum when, when you when you need to sleep and. Mm. I think something that, that should become a trend at some point is is a trend of sleep diet where mm. people commit to sleeping eight, nine hours a day and take a lot of time to rest and, and recover. And people will find out that this is this is really key to their well being and it's going to improve their lives at many levels. That's very important because um I think yeah, first you get on top of the simple things first and then if if you have some performance metrics to measure then you can kind of work on that um yeah. but generally speaking so with with athletes there's interesting points because um there's even certain things like in 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 the mainstream for health obviously we're told increase your fiber intake you know 35 to 40 grams of fiber a day um have you know fruit and veg um however for athletes, if they have a game on that day, a few hours before um, working out, it's not advised for them to be consuming things high in fiber or fructose because that's going to cause, that could cause leaky gut and that cause, causes them um, discomfort um, <laughs> whilst playing low in energy. So a low FODMAP diet sometimes is advised. So these things, these nuances do change, I guess, for what you're, are doing but generally speaking um a healthy well-balanced lifestyle is what people need and then there's certain um intricacies that i guess people performing at the top level need to know and that's why i guess yeah, yeah i agree with that and, and you know usually these people like uh, pro athletes they they have uh, they have teams of uh, counselors uh, nutritionists uh, mm. 
exercise scientists that can work with them and they're very fortunate to to have that and but most people don't have access to that and mm. and it's uh, uh it's it, it it's it's not I, I don't think it's a problem to don't to not have access to like ten people helping you with your health, mm. but I, I I do believe that education is the the basis of good health, mm. and that the more people seek education and advice, uh, um, the better it is. For them. Yeah, the better it is for them. And I think one of the thing that one of the things that, that these new tools to track your own health. Uh, give you is access to knowledge about yourself that you didn't use to have ten, even 10 years ago so today if you want to answer questions about your health you can buy devices you can you can track it using a, a specialized software and that, that's pretty affordable for most consumers mm. so you have a, an access to education that you didn't have before like consumers have access to scientific publications like they never had before so if they have a, a, a specific disease that requires specific attention they have access to the latest medical research if if they want to and if they they're they're, they're driven to access it they can have access to it and i think that's great and and when i look at our mission at hexaskin i think a lot of what we do is give people access to knowledge, education, and, and uh, enable better communication between people and the, the health professionals they, they deal with, which may be a, a physical trainer, it can be a doctor, it can be a nurse. Um, all these professionals have access to better information about your health if you use different types of devices that tracks the things that are important to your care. Are there any doctors you're aware of or health coaches that are almost prescribing HexaSkin for people? Well, it's, it's not being, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I cannot name any names. Yeah. Um, so, so this year we're going through the, the, uh, the FDA process in the U S okay. to get the medical certification for the, our next generation of exoskin products. So uh, when we get the, the FDA's uh, clearance, uh, doctors would be able to prescribe uh, the, the exoskin smart shirts for vital signs monitoring in the US. And uh, it's going to be reimbursed uh, by various uh, insurance, uh, health insurance programs in the US. So suddenly the potential market for, for our product be, becomes really big because suddenly you have millions of people who are eligible to, to get the product in a way that it's paid for uh, by insurance companies or Medicare. And, and the, the attention they're going to get from their physician or other health professionals is going to be paid for as well. Uh, so they'll have access to all their, these services uh, uh, for their, their well-being or to manage a chronic disease uh, that they, they don't have access to right now. And I think we've been talking about physical activity. We've been talking about nutrition and sleep. I think more and more uh, uh, public health programs such as the NHS in the UK, Medicare in the US, and, and private insurance companies 
are going to give people access to specialists who help them manage these aspects of their lives. So sleep, uh, nutrition, physical activity, because we now have the scientific literature to to support uh, business models where we invest in people's well-being. And, and, and it doesn't have to be uh, it doesn't have to be the individual who pay for all these things. It's just it's there's a return on investment yeah. from a lot of money. the government and from insurance companies to keep people healthy, and we we can put a number on it now. So I, I think that's great because it's it's going to improve uh, education and social programs to improve uh, people's health, hopefully. Which is an amazing vision and a good way of health system to save so much cost and for people to gain in their health and live a healthier and happier life. So do you see any hexoskin ever correlating with the mental health side of things um, where you're measuring these metrics and trying to find, as you have more data and more people are using, um, you know, your wearable, um, any correlations with vital signs in these physical health traits, you know, breathing rate and maybe symptoms of anxiety and depression? Um, because that could be a huge... Um, you know, um, blind spot that we have at the moment that we could really figure out that how these vital signs change and how it correlates to your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we there, there's a lot of literature about that, and there's some literature published with Hexoskin uh, data Problems. about that, uh, and we, we've given talks and webinars uh, uh, about the subject of stress and sleep and how do you monitor that with Hexoskin smart shirts using, for example. A breathing rate or heart rate variability hmm. uh, to track um, arousal and, and, and um, recovery and fatigue. So, so this is something that is being used in clinical research, but for elite uh, athlete training as well. So, do you think in the future you could everyone could have a, maybe a hexo skin and it could be connected to your Alexa device in some way, and you could almost have a virtual coach that tells you how to um, tells you how to kind of you know either recover more or plan a certain activity, uh, um, you know, cut back on training, eat a certain diet, uh, adjust your diet, um, you know, sleep X number of hours. Do you see that happening in the future? Well, uh, I think it's possible. Um... But I think there are some things that are, well, I would, I would like to say two things about that, is that I think very oftentimes uh, reading a good book about the subject, let's mm. say uh, how to train properly or how to eat properly, mm. reading a good book can replace a piece of software. Because what you do really is you put the knowledge into your head so you don't need to add oh, so software yeah. to manage it for you. And the second thing is uh, we've, Seeing that people are highly motivated by human interaction, okay, meaning that people are way more likely to follow an exercise program or a training program if they are part of a group or if they have a personal trainer, if basically if they interact with other humans when they engage in these activities, it's really really motivating and, and people crave human interaction, especially these days uh, where Probably more isolated than, than ever before, uh, and it's a paradox. But that that's that's how it is. I think 
we we should favor the these activities where people have more social develop more social connections and more human interactions which is also proven to be good for your health so do you say there's a massive place for coaching and coaches um, in the system yes absolutely and and the way we see technology like telemedicine and connected health and, and remote vital science monitoring like like the things we do with it these are really tools to put people in contact with each other. When, when you track your health at home, then when you talk with a health professional, you have, uh, you have good material to talk about. And it's not, it's not just how do you feel today? You know, your trainer can look at your data and say, well, I'm looking at your past two months of training and here's what's happening. Uh, we should improve uh, that aspect. Uh, we should work on, on this, or you should recover more now because you're overtrained. Mm. You have this, you know, objective material to support the discussion, mm. and th that's how we see technology. The technology is there to support human interaction, to generate knowledge and facts, uh, but it, 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 it's probably not going to replace human interaction. Exactly. Like the, even the HPX Harvard Business School, um, we were part of the first cohort and um, it was trialing an online way of teaching. Um, but they were trying, they, they then after that started the live HPX um, classroom where you were live on a screen because they realized there needs to be some element of human interaction as well. And that improves the cohort experience um, for learning. So I think you are right that's I think being more and more evident as technology is advancing. And um, how do you feel with people, um, you know, resorting to technologies? You're going down very, uh, very much um, approved medical device route. Um, there's apps like Calm that have got a lot of traction and people seem to be using them. Um, do you think a technology, do you think it's about the entertainment factor that that is a separate kind of, um, part of the spectrum to a device that's validated and are both just as effective because is it about how many people adopt a device and how much evidence there is behind one? Mm -hmm. Well, um, it, it really depends what, what's your goal. I, I think some devices are a little bit like video games or literally video games, yeah. uh, like, like Fitbit. I think, if, I think Fitbit mm. is a great company. Mm. Uh, they're very good products. Uh, there are millions of people who use their product. Mm. And I, I know, well, I have some family members who tell me, well, at night, sometimes I, I go walk for 20 minutes more because I haven't done my 10,000 steps. And so, so it's great. Like you can count points on a very specific activity. You can compare your results with friends. You can track it with time. It's like a video game. Yeah. And if you look at a company like Nintendo, for example, yeah. they've, done, they've done so many great things with their... Uh, fitness games and accessories and yeah. people don't talk about it uh, enough but uh, mm. these products were huge successes when you have 50 million people using a fitness game mm, it's, it's a lot. pretty you have a pretty good impact on 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 their, their physical activity so so i think the, these things are great um, in our case what we'd like to do well of course we're still setting the, the exoskin product for research and sports uh, but what we'd like to do is have an impact on people with chronic cardiac disease and chronic pulmonary diseases 
And for that, you need devices that can be used for diagnosis and for, um, for vital signs monitoring, so for accurate medical-grade uh, data. And, and for that, we need, uh, for these products, for these lines of products, we need to go through the, uh, the medical certification uh, uh, path. Okay, uh, very interesting. And, and tell me more about the deal. You, so you've recently, congratulations, signed that deal with the Barcelona Innovation Hub, and you'll be studying part of their sleep study on young athletes. Can you tell us more about that? Well, yes. So... Um, so we've done many research projects on sleep. Uh, so our tools have been validated with polysomnography system and sleep clinics uh, for different types of populations, uh, but mo mostly adults or, uh, or adults with uh, chronic diseases. And what we want to do in that study is to first uh, demonstrate how it can be used and how valid it is for uh, a younger population. So we're talking mostly about teenagers at 12 and 17 who are part of La Masia, the, the, the uh, football academy of Barcelona. Cool. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the second objective is to, uh, to learn more about what are the sleep requirements for these younger athletes. Uh, teenagers have very specific sleeping patterns that are different from adults. So we want to we want to make the science pro progress uh, for these teenagers. So we want to learn more about sleep patterns with teenagers and especially the ones who are training a lot, like these kids train you know, 20, 30 hours a week uh, or more. Uh, and they have a very intensive schedules. So um, I think we're going to learn a lot from this experiment and hopefully it will set a new standard on how we manage sleep with young athletes that will go beyond the team in Barcelona uh, and that will be able to publish and share with other teams and then uh, share with uh, trainers who are working in different sports as well. And the study sounds so exciting. Um, it has so much facets to it. And looking at the younger population, because that's when A, your habits are formed and that's when you're really developing. So you can really improve, you know, your performance or your skills, um, you know, by having the right diet and the right exercise regime. Um, mm -hmm. Your body's changing at that point. So um, I think what you'll learn, it'll be very um interesting what the insights will be and how you can apply that more universally and it could change the face of you know training for a long time if you can mm -hmm. go actionable insights from it yes and if, if i can add some things about this specific study is uh, um, this has been the subject of a lot of preparation uh, so we've taken into account a lot of literature that was existing already to define the protocol. Okay. Uh, we have uh, many scientists from the uh, Barcelona uh, football club uh, involved in, in, in the protocol and the science. And we've, uh, have, we have also a, a sleep um, lab in Barcelona called Ad Salutem. Uh, that is going to run the study uh, with us and, and the team at Barcelona. And they, they, have a, they have facilities with a sleep clinic and they're validating everything. So it's, it's, it's really a project that involves a lot of scientists from different specialties. And I think it's important uh, when you run a project like that to 
be prepared to do a lot of planning, uh, to do a lot of you know, training the staff to make sure that they know how to use the equipment, they, uh, they are going to do the data collection in the right way so that we can make the most of it. And then we have uh, all the, the scientists needed to do uh, the analysis of the data in the end. For so Bar Barcelona seems to have a very comprehensive, um, A, this new innovation hub, which is looking at technologies and so they're very forward thinking as a sports institute. But then they also seem to have a lot of scientists looking at sleep by what you're saying, nutrition and exercise. Can you tell me more about that? Do they, do they really micromanage their players to such a very high level? Well, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I was amazed uh, by um, how much they invest in these players. Okay. Um, so Barca has over 100 scientists, PhDs working full-time to improve the training programs and to work with the athletes. So basically, they have more PhDs and scientists than most uh, exercise science uh, faculty. Oh, you know, wow. I, actually, I don't know any uh, any university that has that such a large and comprehensive uh, group of scientists studying these things and supporting athletes that way. It's it's pretty amazing, and they 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 take them at a young age. They 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 invest they really invest a lot in in these athletes. It's not just about uh, doing transactions to build a, a professional team. They it's a it's a whole community basically. It's it's very very impressive. So they they obviously have these um, highly qualified people who are very knowledgeable about these expertise in these different domains. Um, and then now, are they looking at technologies? that are more of a recent thing, where technologies evolved. Um, are they looking at things like virtual reality, you know, for, you know, training or reaction times, things like that? Well, um, I I cannot answer for yeah. them about all these things, but they 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 are researching many different technologies, and they're constantly trying new things. So. Um, yeah, so 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 probably virtual reality, but you you would have to ask them. Yeah, obviously, but so the innovation hub it just seems like a very interesting place for where human performance and human health, which is kind of the optimum side of health, athletes being some of the fittest, healthiest people um, living on Earth, meets you know with all this investment, the most cutting edge technologists. Probably you know you can have data scientists, AI researchers. So that fusion of the augmented human is the perfect place for that to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, almost. So, yeah. well, yeah. And you, you know, one, one thing that I think they are, are well aware of and that we, we need to be careful with yeah. when we deal with younger athletes hmm. is that most of them are not going to make it pro They're Most of them need to, at some point retire and, and learn a trade, go to university and, and start a career. Oh, yeah. So we need to be very careful to keep some balance when we, we train these teenagers to make sure we, we keep them healthy uh, so that even if they, they don't become professional athletes, yeah. they can live a, a normal and healthy life when they become adults. That's a really good point because once you're used to one, such, it's such a, um, I guess, niche 
thing to be an athlete and then all of a sudden you go into normal life. It must be quite difficult. So do they deal with a lot of, with the, they probably have sports psychologists as well. Obviously they do. Um, dealing with the mental health side of things and the cognitive psychological development of the players, which also would give a lot of insights into different behavior types and how, what motivates different people, you know, who trains harder. Um, you could get a lot of insights into just human behavior from that as well. Yeah, well, uh, a, lot, a lot of sports training is about, it's about psychology, of course. Um, I, I used to be a um, swimming coach myself, and, and okay. of course, there, there's a lot of technique, but I would say most of the the final performance results is is about is about psychology. Psychology, yeah, it really um, separates um, a lot of people because it's that drive and the you know the the kind of being balanced at the same time, and there's many other um, parts to that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's been fascinating finding out about that. And could you tell us about how do you embody a healthy lifestyle? What does your routine look like being a kind of busy entrepreneur and, you know, technologist and obviously a lot of work you're doing with Hexoskin? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so I, I, I read a lot of things about these extreme routines and people waking up at 4 a.m. and all that. Uh, I have three young kids. I, I don't have 20 hours a week to meditate or train or mm-hmm. things like that. And I fly a lot. I need to deal with jet lag. Now, what I try to focus on is I think it's pretty boring. It, again, it's trying to sleep enough, eat good food three times a day, with ideally with people I like, people I love. I keep some time for myself every week and uh, yeah and, and and stay active and it doesn't have to be intense training it's just that you need to be active every day and you need to do some intense physical activity a few times a week but it, it doesn't have to be extreme you know most people would benefit from living a normal lifestyle and doing normal things mm. and it would still be a lot better than what they're doing today that's really good advice and something that's possible by a lot of people. Um, and so what, and, and some of the final questions would be what motivates you? So what, what motivates me with, with Hexoskin with, with my job is that we, we want to have an impact on, on health research, on medical research, and we want to have an impact on how people de- deal with uh, chronic diseases. Um, uh, from the, the patient point of view, but also from the, the health system point of view, uh, we have started a huge shift from the hospital system that was designed for acute care injuries and infections towards um, a more decentralized healthcare system that is closer to home, where we have to deal with aging, with chronic diseases, and and diseases that are uh, like cancer that are very like a chronic disease, meaning people are going to be sick for many, many years and you need to care for them on a daily basis. So we need to change our approach and and technology is part of the solution. I think most of it is to change the the care protocol, the workflows and and how people interact with the, the, the healthcare system and how professional works. Uh, professional work but uh, it's it's 
technology have a role in that as well uh, with remote monitoring and tools at home uh, to put more knowledge in the hands of the patients and their families. And basically we want to keep patients at home. So I, I think it's, it's very motivating to see uh, when we start programs, for example, with a, with a health system uh, to improve wellness of patients with chronic diseases. Uh, for example, cardiac rehabilitation programs, pulmonary rehabilitation programs, or just post-acute care programs in general. I think it's, it's, it's great to see everything that we can do. And, and I feel like we're just starting, so it, it feels great to wake up every morning knowing that I'm, I'm going to do something more to, to improve the lives of all these people. That's just a very noble way of thinking about society and the world and how we can help. And you see, as consumer health increases and people take charge of their health more with you know, boutique gyms and um, healthy cafes, you see a role of a clinic being in a place which is commercially viable, such as a shopping mall or um, a supermarket. <laughs> well, I, I think it's good that the health conversation becomes part of the, our daily lives and it gets closer to home. You know, it can be a gym or a health cafe or can be part of a pharmacy or a shopping mall, like you said. I think it's good. Uh, Again, I, I really believe that the low-hanging fruit is education. Hmm. Just sharing knowledge about uh, how to stay healthy, how to eat properly, you know, good food, how to, how to cook, how to manage your schedule too, to make sure you have time to cook every day, hopefully. Yeah. You have time to sleep. Uh, and you, you have time to do some physical activities. Uh, you replace some of your activities that are less good with better ones. So we're going up the stairs, uh, changing your food habits. And really, I really think the low-hanging fruit here is, is education. Yeah, and that's what we're trying with always, smart planning and people realizing where they can save time and where they can repeat healthy activities and where they may be going wrong. So it's a way of planning in a healthy way so that leaves us at a good point and and finally to finish off with been brilliant talking to you and um obviously you probably go to a lot of the wearable conferences and tech conferences as well um there's a big um buzz around ai this year uh, especially um, now it's hit more of the mainstream um are you one of the proponents of artificial intelligence helping us as you mentioned obviously low-hanging fruit helping us really advance human health well, what we see, you know, that when we look at healthcare delivery, um, human labor is a bottleneck. It's definitely the, the biggest cost. I think we can automate a lot of the cognitive processes that are involved in healthcare delivery today uh, and in a way that will support professionals in delivering better care. So it can be algorithms that help radiologists uh, looking at imaging, for example, x-rays or MRI data. And it, it can be different things. It can be helping hospital uh, do triage and prioritize the patients who are at home who have chronic diseases so that we can, we can work more on the patients who are more at risk. Uh, and yeah, so I think that there's a lot of opportunities for AI in healthcare. And we've been seeing that, you know, that's what, that has been our thinking since 2006. 
Yeah, you were quite early on. You, you were very... Um, we were way wordy. Way wordy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a but, long time, yeah. Because I, I, but I think right now uh, we've made a lot of progress uh, documenting what was going on with patients, uh, with technology. Now we can collect data in a way that is way more efficient than before. Because the, because the cost of data is going down, uh, it's going to be easier and easier to develop AI uh, or artificial intelligence tools uh, to work with this data to, to support health professionals working with patients. And a question of interest, so some of our listeners will probably be interested is um, having these affiliations with these kind of elite athletes and people, you know, in the military and astronauts, are they tracking, what are they tracking these days? Is it just someone like, would someone like say Messi or Ronaldo, um, would they track their respiratory rate, their um, heart rate variability, what kind of metrics are they using, do you think? So, so it, it's going to be different things for different pre- yeah. people. And, and in general, what, what people will do is that they're going to learn what is normal for them. And then they're going to find if there is any deviation from normal. For example, if you use to sleep uh, in a certain way and then suddenly your sleep patterns uh, start being different, well, maybe it, it's something that is telling you, uh, for example, that you should change something about your training or uh, that is maybe it's a marker or predictor of uh, a higher risk of injuries. Uh, so, so, so that's the general concept. Um, I would say for, for first responders and the, and the military, uh, people are looking a lot uh, at... Uh, what they call operational stress injuries, uh, like PTSD. How do you deal with stress when, as part of your job, you need to live traumatic events on a regular basis? Yeah, you do. And if you're a paramedic, it's not going to change. You know, if, if something horrible happens somewhere, uh, you're going to be the first on site and you have to deal with it, uh, with the situation, but you have to deal with it emotionally as well. And it, you know, these, these things affect everybody, uh, but there's a way to train for it and there's a way to mit- mitigate uh, this uh, negative effect on your health. And that's what we've been studying with, with paramedics, with first responders, with uh, military staff. Uh, that's wonderful that that's been looked at because that's something we can normally oversee. And that's something from, for, for population mental health being such a big thing at the moment. And also rising, um, that we could really come up with a lot of strategies and ways of mitigating that. So thanks for that. And it's been amazing talking to you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, where can our listeners find out more about you and Hexoskin? Well, they, they can find out more about Hexoskin on hexoskin.com. That's H-E-X-O-S-K-I-N.com. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn as well. Uh, we have videos on YouTube. Uh, we have a mailing list, so <laughs> you can just go on hexaskin.com and you'll find more about the product and, and all the projects we were involved with. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Body Clock Podcast by O-Waves. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Please also remember to download the free O-Waves app on the Apple App Store. Please tell your friends and your family 
It's a great tool to help you optimize your life and to effectively plan your day. Thanks as always for listening and uh, hope you join us again next time. Thank you.